Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. ready to hear some noise tonight you're just seconds away from let's go blues radio all over the hockey universe No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Phil, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Thanks, Onesie. Is it coming, men? Oh, I think you coming, men, enough for all of us. And anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Welcome to Season 8, Episode 77 of Let's Go Blues Radio. The often imitated but never duplicated, the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. We are broadcasting live on Wednesday, August 5th, 2020. This is franchise episode number 263 all time. Your hosts tonight are yours truly, Kurt Price, Bill Day, and Jeff Ponder. And for your listening pleasure, for the next little while, we'll be talking Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues Hockey. To interact with the show on social media, you can follow the show on Twitter at LGB Radio. My handle is at Kurt Price. Bill's is at Billy Blue Note. And Jeff's is at jponder94. Follow us on Instagram. Like us on the Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel where this show is broadcast live each and every week during the initial season. Um, it's also broadcast on Facebook Live as well. Dual cast on YouTube and Facebook. For those of you watching the live show on YouTube right now and Facebook, feel free to comment in the live chats and we'll address what we can. The website is always letsgoblues.com where you can listen to or watch past episodes of the show. Browse the fan discussion forum as well as get some cool St. Louis Blues themes, t-shirts, and stickers that helps support the show. Hey guys, um, welcome oh, hey, back. Fella. <laughs> Hi fella. Welcome back this week. Um, we have a hockey game to talk about that actually counts for something. We, we have multiple hockey, hockey games, games to talk about. How beautiful is it to have hockey on literally all day? I mean, it's been so much fun. I have uh, I've been watching it. It's been on in the background nonstop. It's almost like a like a ambiance in my house now, just uh, hockey all the time. And when it's not on, if I turn on NBCSN and there's not hockey on, I get angry. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm like, what the hell? Like, Why where is it? In the action? Oh, it's on USA or Angel Network. I got to pull up the app and watch it or something. Uh, but there's always a game to watch. Um, uh, from what is it, eleven in the morning or noon till like eleven at night? It's eleven until like eleven thirty in the night. Yeah, yeah. it's it's pretty freaking awesome. Uh, and I'll say, uh, and, and by the way, guys, this is Jeff. This is Jeff Ponder talking here. But I'm going to say what Bill is thinking right now. Go Habs, go! <laughs> go Habs, go, baby! <laughs> Uh, Habs are currently leading the uh, Penguins four to three in the third period. With us. well, let's see, I'm at seven minutes to go. You guys are a little ahead of me, so yeah, I'm, I'm on the road. I think you're though. right. I think you're right where I'm at, Kurt. I think Bill's the only one ahead. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm on Which the road. Which good? Too. He's the only one that like truly cares about this game. So I'm glad he's ahead of both of us. <laughs> 
I, I told, I've said this before. I love anarchy. So I want to, I'd love to see the Canadians win this just to see outrage amongst uh, a lot of the fans. They shouldn't even be there. And they're all pissed off. And my God, Penguins fans would have a fit. So oh, I'd you know, love it. I would love it. The most pissed off is probably going to wind up being Habs fans because they screwed themselves out of <laughs> the year. If, if, if they can win this game and then pull within one win of the, uh, of knocking off the Penguins. So series is tied one, one for them. Well, anyway, yep. fellas, in terms of life, how, uh, how have the two of you been? Great. Uh, how about you first? Yeah. Go ahead, Bill. I was just going to say, today was the first day of a week off. So I have a week off to sit on my ass and watch hockey and maybe golf a little bit. But, you know, while I'm golfing, I'll be watching hockey. So I, I couldn't have timed this any better. So just, uh, you know, week off now, still plenty of time off, you know, depending on how deep the blues go. Uh, maybe another week for uh, some later, you know, just nothing but watching hockey. Because I don't, I don't need to leave my house for another couple of months. <laughs> I'm, I'm That's true. They, I, I said this before, and this is, um, it, 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 it is a nice thing now to be working from home uh, to be able to watch hockey nonstop. So um, yeah, I got the TV on watching hockey while I work. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty sweet. I'm not going to lie. Um, quite, quite busy today too um, with work. And then, uh, so the hockey was a nice, a nice thing to have on to kind of uh, keep the stress levels down a little bit. Yeah. A- every now and then with, with, with what I do, there's like some, some brain dead work that I have to get done. And, um, you know, so what I typically have been doing is like waking up as early as I can and getting like the really important stuff that's going to make me think stuff done. And then once 11 o'clock hits, it's like, all right, what brain dead work can I do where I can literally just sit here and click buttons and, and have hockey going and it won't be a distraction. So again, I, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm getting more done than I thought I would with hockey going on, but you know, it's, um, it's just been awesome. It's been great. I mean, not having hockey for as long and really any sports, any live sports for as long as we did. And now having it literally all day is just such a blessing. Do do the lack of uh, lack of uh, fans um, bother you or are you getting used to it? Or is it, I mean, obviously you want fans in the stands. It creates a better atmosphere, but still um, it's not, it actually never bothered me. No, it's weird. I I thought it would. I notice it. Obviously I notice it. Um, I wouldn't say it bothers me. I'd say I, I notice it. I'd prefer there to be fans there. It's a it's a cooler atmosphere, obviously, but uh, it's I don't it's not a huge deal. To, I mean, watching from home, it's not. I mean, whatever. I didn't. I I was not any less excited when the Blues scored against Colorado in the first period, right. to go up one nothing. You know, I, I celebrated just the same. So that's fine. No, yeah. I, I'm the I same mean, way. I I oh, go ahead, Bill. I was say, uh, you know, for me, you know, having watched the Premier League down the stretch, my team Liverpool was bound to win. And, you know, if, what what I think is going to happen is the it's going to be much more noticeable and much more palatable that there aren't fans there when the games really start to count, when teams are getting bounced, you know, double overtime games, um, you know, later in the later rounds. Um, and then when you get to the, you know, to the lifting of the Stanley cup 
without anybody there. Yeah. That's that, going to be weird. That's going to be that's going to be the hardest part to take. You know, when when Liverpool, you know, won the championship, I mean it was it was uh, you know, predetermined by the time they restarted. Uh, but it was just kind of an odd ceremony um, to see them uh, celebrate. Um, they did a good job, you know, darkening the stadium and, and allowing them to, to do, you know, lift the trophy and all that. But I think when it comes to hockey, it's like the, the celebrations are, are going to, it's going to feel more like a men's league game than an NHL game right. when it comes to celebrating. Yeah, the the thing that that uh, I enjoy, and I think uh, Kurt, you actually mentioned this last week. I, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure, um, the fact that they've kind of covered the seats with um, with the I don't know what you call those, the awnings or whatever tarps, um, tarps. Yeah, they and it's you know it's not just like a, a nasty looking tarp that somebody pulled out of their garage. You know, it's it's nice. It has the NHL logos. They've got the other big screens behind the benches and. Uh, they they did a good job with designing these arenas kind of like, okay, we're planning to not have fans here. And, you know, again, talking, like I said last week, watching as much baseball as I've watched, uh, that is odd. That is really, baseball, really odd to me. Yeah, a baseball it's, should it's, have it's, covered. I'm still, not, I'm still not used to it. They baseball. should have covered the, the lower level, the box seats, the, the field really level should seats. Have. They should have liked the NHL was doing. That makes it. It makes it look less lonely and less pathetic. I, I, I'm not not. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just pathetic. Just seems like oh my god. It's just got a constant reminder that no, the seats are empty. You know, with right. the NHL, you're not seeing the seats being empty. So there's that slight disconnect. Uh, it's not the same yeah. as baseball. You know what I mean? So, but baseball is like constantly reminding, like, oh, empty seats, no fans. Well, it was the same thing with soccer. I watched uh, a couple Bundesliga games before baseball and hockey came back, and it was – you could tell. I mean, it was just weird. I mean, they had the crowd noise, and they pumped that in, which made it a little better. But, you know, with soccer, there's there's some panning where you see the empty seats. And, you know, and then, you know, just thinking about coverage, Bill obviously being an expert here on soccer out of the three of us. But, you know, when a team scores – there's always camera angles that, that pans around the crowd just going absolutely berserk. And that was noticeably gone. And obviously that's, we're not seeing that in the NHL right now either. So it's, that's a little odd, you know, and when there's a big moment, you're not seeing a, a panned crowd shot. But again, I mean, the, I think it's just the game is so fast. It keeps you focused more on the game than anything else. And it's been, it's it's been uh, it's it, to me the way that I, it, it's weird the way I look at baseball and soccer, it's it's a nice distraction from life again, and it's like I'm glad this is back, um, but at the same time I'm sitting here thinking God this this makes me think of the weird world we're living in, and with hockey, I don't know again maybe it's because they've done such a good job. When I'm watching hockey, I'm not even thinking about that. I'm sitting here saying I'm watching hockey right now and I'm happy, and like that is. All that matters to me at that moment. You know what's funny is that I was watching uh, one of the MLS games, playoff games, and uh, I forgot. That, I forgot that there was there was that there was uh, they were playing uh, with no fans in the stands, and I they panned around. I, well, they didn't pan around, but I noticed the first so many rows of seats when they would be showing the game that there was there were no fans there, and I'm like. 
how does this city have a team? How can they support? They're not even showing up for a playoff game. And I felt, and that went on for a good 15 minutes. I was watching this game. I wasn't even thinking about, oh, oh, that's right. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. I never felt like uh, more of an ass sitting there by myself. Like, oh, yeah, what an idiot I am. I completely forgot we're in a pandemic. And I'm criticizing the city's team for not having fans showing up. So that's that, that's the yep. that's the state of this house right now. <laughs> uh, Again, we ha- we've said this a million times on the show. Weird time we're living in. Uh, the uh, LGV Let's Go Blues radio uh, NHL playoff bracket contest is going on. Um we don't have that posted anywhere, do we? It was just on the Twitch, on Twitter and Facebook. Is it on Facebook? Yeah, we said we were going to put it on the forum. We never did. Never did. Um, I will well, make it a point to have that up tomorrow morning. Okay, we have time, but yeah, let's we'll we'll, we'll do that. Uh, we'll tweet out again, and we'll uh, uh, probably even put it on Facebook too. Um, but that's happening. So join us. Um, a number of people have already, but join us and uh, pick your teams and. And see, so, yeah, you can win a million dollars. You pick a perfect bracket. Perfect bracket. You're in the uh, in the in the pool for a million dollar prize. Which the odds of picking a perfect bracket are pretty monumental against that happening. So, I think they mean you have to pick the the, the games they're one in and everything too. Oh yeah, you have to. It has to be 100 percent perfect. The yeah. uh, don't they ask for the even the goal amount of goals the tiebreaker in the too? final? Yeah, that's, I think that's a tiebreaker. That, yeah, right? Hit that. Yeah. And that's yeah. never going to be picked correctly. Yeah. I mean, people will pick that correctly, but not everything correctly. That's I, I saw a stat on that once that because I think the NBA has a similar one. And the, I think the NBA, it was a much better chance of winning the lottery like three times in a row. Yeah, it's 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 like the odds are <laughs> they, they could offer a billion dollars and not give it away and, not, and have concerns about giving it away. A million dollars seems pretty paltry. Is for the for the prize is for what the odds are. Um, the official beers of episode number two hundred and seventy seven. Uh, again, don't forget to uh, we mentioned this the past two shows. The Untapped app. Uh, it's a social networking beer drinking app. You can see what folks are drinking. So my uh, my handle is at C Price twelve. Jeff's is J Ponder ninety four, and Bill's is Billy Blue Note thirty three. So follow us on there if you want to if you care. To, uh, Why did it take me so long to get on there? That's a really cool app. That's neat. That's fun. And you can see, it notifies. I, I got a notification that you were drinking something tonight. I, I didn't. I was the show had started, so I didn't uh, read it. But it's kind of fun. No, it's uh, cool. Um, so you know what? I'm going to go first because both times you guys have gone first, the Blues have lost. So maybe I'll be the lucky charm here. Uh, so I'm going to go first. I'm drinking. Uh, well, I'm actually I'm. Rest- already done with it because we are uh, about a half hour since I opened it. I'm drinking uh, Urban Chestnut Fantasyland Midwest Coast IPA Ale. I've had this on the show before. Again, I'm, I've am i said this on the show before. It's so funny. I always say I'm not a big IPA guy, but I seem like I drink You always drink of, IPAs. <laughs> I have a ton of IPAs on the show, but I, there's just certain ones that I like. And when I find the ones that I like, I that's all I drink. And I've got about a rotation of about four or five IPAs that are always in my fridge. Yeah. Uh, IPA and anyway. HPA. Hazy H- Pale yeah, Ale. HP- yeah, HPV. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Bad joke. Uh, but anyway, uh, on the can here, it reads, Fantasyland, noun, a place or circumstance existing only in the imagi- imagination or as an ideal 
Dream World, Origin Midwest Coast of United States. So uh, it's just a good hoppy beer. Again, not my favorite things, IPAs, with with the hoppiness, but uh, there's just a certain taste in this one that I just absolutely love. So, uh, yes, Urban Chestnut, they have some good stuff. They also, I love their, uh, their beer hall over there oh, in, the, in yes. the Grove. Yeah, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's big and it's fun. Is it open now? I don't know. I haven't. I, haven't, I think they're open, sure. but it might be like limited capacity. Possibly. Yeah, if you've never been, folks, you're in St. Louis, you're visiting St. Louis, that's a great spot to visit. Bill, what you got? I got what you couldn't get me is what I got. Re- I what? Got Founders. Yeah. Founders. Marvel roast. Oh, I couldn't get nice. you. It, it, it was, it was on my request list for Kurt's trip. Um, oh. I didn't think they were going to have it available outside of Michigan. So um, I was surprised uh, when I rolled up to total wine today and found it on the shelf. So. Well, I'm glad I did not bring it back for you. If, if you could get it here. That seems like a waste yeah. of uh, trunk space in the car. <laughs> it would have been. It would have been. So it, this is a uh, a different kind of coffee beer. Um, it's it's a lot like, and I don't know if you guys had it, but a couple of years back, uh, Schlafly put out uh, a beer called King Kaya. Um, it, it's a, a blonde beer with coffee and cacao nibs, and that's this is the same Imperial Golden Ale with coffee. Uh, cocoa nibs, vanilla, and milk sugar. So it's got a little lactose in it, which not not usually my favorite thing, but this is really good. I, I'm enjoying this for a a non stout coffee beer. Um, this this is uh, pulled off very well. Definitely tastes vanilla and chocolate. Um, so I am I am happy to uh, uh, to be drinking this in. Uh, in August and not, not going through all of my, uh, espresso KBS that you brought me back. Um, I'm going to finish strong, uh, for the show since, uh, you guys, Bud Light uh, orange. No, no, oh. better, better. Mm, Bud Light lemonade. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Bud Light hard seltzer. They don't make Bud Light lemonade. <laughs> it's lemon. It's, it's tea, lemon tea, right? I thought they had a lemonade. I didn't think so. I thought it was lemon tea. Bud Light. You lemon might be tea. right. Okay. I don't know. Uh, if Bud Light would like to come on and, and let us know, you can join <laughs> us here in the YouTube chat. Uh, I am having, I drink this every so often, uh, mostly when I go out. I don't drink it too much at home. Uh, but uh, I'm breaking out the stag tonight. Stag, stag beer. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Formerly, uh, formerly brewed in Belleville, Illinois. What I've never heard that yeah, before. Yeah, before they shut down, and uh, don't you know it. somebody like, who used to work there? <laughs> My dad like used to work there. What? Yeah, yeah. You didn't tell you that. I've never, I've oh, never yeah. heard this story before. Yeah, yeah. I got all kinds of free beer cans, empty of course. I was a kid, you know, bringing back to me in a big collection that was then lost when we moved houses. I don't know what happened to it. Somebody, somebody has a nice beer can collection somewhere, but. Uh, Stag beer has been brewing golden quality since 1851, if you didn't know that. And at the 2001 Great American Beer Festival, that quality was recognized with a gold medal as the best American-style lager. So stag beer is up there. And we also have a stag beer parody, stag beer blues mashup, on our a T-shirt on in our shop. So if you enjoy the stag beer, um, 
kind of a local deal, even though it is uh, now brewed in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, owned by Pabst Brewing. Um, but, Stop uh, it, Bill. We're 10 seconds behind. It was it was originally brewed down here. <laughs> I believe Montreal has won this game. Bill's reaction. I think so. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. the the Penguins had the puck coming down. Uh, Malkin had it uh, on the uh, right side, tried to do a diagonal dump in and hit the linesman's skate and went right to UL Armia. Huh. Game over. Man, I really wish you would have given us an actual like play-by-play while that was <laughs> happening. I would have paid to hear that. You know, one more thing. One more thing about this before we move on about the beer, the stag, is that uh, uh, there's all the the new shitty logo in all its glory. So they changed logos recently, and uh, people are none too happy. The old mm. one is far superior, my opinion. Yeah that that looks um, hipster know, a, a little bit. Yeah, well, it looks kind of like you know True Detective with uh, the, the first season of True Detective with the uh, the deer antler, uh, you know, murder markings. <laughs> our the This T-shirt in our shop is styled after the old style logo, which is far superior. So there you have it, and there you are. Uh, today in Blues History, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account. Uh, that date is wrong. Um, August, uh, <laughs> August, uh, 5th is today's date. Uh, nothing was listed today, uh, as far as notable, uh, things happening. So we'll go yesterday, which we've done three, three weeks in a row now. Always something interesting. Um, I'll, say, the day before. I'll, I'll say, uh, you know, what I said two weeks ago, I'm sure August 5th, there was a bunch of drunk blues fans still celebrating, uh, one year ago today. So there you go. There's your today in this blues history. Blues. So today in Blues history, yesterday, August 4th, 2000, and that's not right, 2020. What year is this? I'll, uh, I'll, no, it's, 90, uh, it's 95. It's 95, right? 95. Yeah, 95. 95. Yeah, yeah. Same as the next one, because that was a kind of a shit-off season. Yeah, it was. Um, so August 4th, 1995, Steve Duchesne was traded to the Ottawa Senators by the St. Louis Blues for a second-round pick in the 96-entry draft uh duchene was uh, none too happy about the trade didn't understand it um he asked keenan what he got in return because keenan talked to him over the phone and told him he was traded and uh, he said a second round pick and duchene goes wow you must have really wanted to get rid of me so yeah then, steve duchene man he was second I, in scoring you know, second in scoring back in the, in the day for a defenseman i was i was gonna say back in the day um you know i know that the pronger mckinnis blue line on uh the power play was something to behold but man there was a there was a period when they had the Duchenne Duchesne McKinnis uh power play blue line and that I mean Duchesne just he fed him pass after pass he would I don't know how he would do it he always made it look like he was going to shoot or he was going to pass down low to where he'd get two forwards coming at him and then that would leave McKinnis open and McKinnis would be able to wind up for a big slapper. I don't know how he was able to always pull that off, but man, he was, I loved Steve Duchesne. He was one of the first players that I watched as a kid and was like, okay, this dude's the real deal. Like he's, he's a good hockey player. Why did they make that trade? There has to be a reason behind it, right? Well, they had just acquired Pronger. So you think that was it? That they said, well, we've got this lefty Pronger. We don't need you anymore. That was mentioned. 
that was mentioned and mm-hmm. as, as makes him expendable. And, and also Duchesne made a couple million dollars. Uh, so there went, and Keenan told Duchesne it was about salary. They wanted to dump his salary, which is 2 million, but I don't know. I doesn't seem like a lot nowadays, but back then I guess it was a little bit. I mean, we were still selling out every game, right? It was a good team, you know, fun yeah. to watch. A lot of good names. I don't know. Uh, fuck in the, the in the uh, in the YouTube <laughs> chat, <laughs> in the YouTube chat, chat uh, Bud Light has responded. <laughs> Bud Light lemonade coming oh, soon. Hi. Bud Light lemonade com- lemonade coming soon? Question <laughs> mark. Oh well, thanks Bud Light. We appreciate yeah. <laughs> it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can't believe they joined us. Our fifty thousand blowtorch, fifty thousand watt blowtorch has reached uh, Anheuser Busch Brewery, and they have responded in the YouTube chat. That's fantastic. Well, hey, thanks for joining us, Bud Light. Yeah. Um, August 4th, 1995, same offseason, same day. Uh, the St. Louis Blues send Curtis Joseph and Mike Greer to the Edmonton Oilers uh, to complete the Shane Corson free agent signing that we mentioned last week. Uh, the Blues got Corson, and they dealt Joseph. I hated this move. Yeah, I hated Dealing Joseph. Um, even though we, we talked about Corson last week, I enjoyed Corson. He was a good player. Um, but, I mean, come on. I just, I don't know. Well, yeah, you're you're talking about bringing in the Fjord era, which, you know, we all loved sure. Grant Fjord. But sure. you look at the time, you know, you wonder that team in um, 96, does Joseph get hurt in that moment? And if he doesn't, what could Curtis Joseph have done? Would he have won his only Stanley Cup? He, I mean, that, it was that, uh, that postseason where he was traded. Prior to him being traded, he had like a his GAA was not very good. His save percentage was under nine uh, in the playoffs, and uh, his GAA was like three six, three seven, something like that. So it was. I think it was his first. Bill, you might remember better than me, and maybe even Kurt, but um, wasn't it his first year in Edmonton that they upset Dallas in the playoffs? And people were like, this Joseph guy is unbelievable. Why did St. Louis get rid of him? Yeah, I could be wrong on that. Second. I want to say I want to say it was 97. Um, Might have been 97. Because just completely upset him. Toronto loved it. Was, um, yeah. I mean, Edmonton, sorry. Marshan, right? Edmonton and Toronto. Edmonton and yeah. Toronto, yeah. Yeah. So Detroit, not so much. You know what, though? Fuck Detroit Phoenix, fans. not a lot at all. Fuck them. <laughs> if you the, I think it was a Joseph when the, the the Red Wings lost to the Ducks. A Bear was unbelievable. Uh, not A Bear. Uh, uh, Jiguer was Jiguer. unbelievable. Uh, and Joseph was really, really good. It was like a goaltending duel. Every game was like two to one, one to nothing. I almost want to say Joseph's GAA was under two or was around two uh, for the series. Surprising. It was crazy good. Um, and but Jiguer was unbelievable. Yeah, so that, he still had that stigma of not being a big game goalie, which was bullshit. Yeah, I don't. He's the best. He's, I mean, he's a Hall of Fame goalie. If he, if if his, if he gets some support around him at some point in the playoffs, uh, I think. If they could win a yeah, cup, yeah, he's. Warm. I you know he's one of those guys. I know Jeremy Roenick is a name that comes up a lot. Uh, Eric Lindros, another that some of the best players to play the game never won a cup. Well, shit, Joe Thornton's on that list. Uh, Curtis Joseph, to me, is the number one goalie to never win a cup. Um, I mean, that dude was yeah, – I mean. he he had years in St. Louis and Edmonton and Toronto where 
he single-handedly almost brought teams to the second and third rounds. But for some reason, those teams just, they were never good enough to, well, Louis, to get him past the third or that, fourth round. My God. I mean, I'm not to say that one series should get him in the hall of fame. That's, that's ridiculous. But just to add, just to, to pile on to what you just said uh, in 93 against the Hawks, he single-handedly knocked off a, 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 a killer Hawks team that year and swept them. Yeah. It was a great it was all, it was series. All it was all him. Series. It was all him. And Craig Janney. <laughs> well, you do have to score to win, but uh, he was, he, he had, he had, uh, uh, what, three shutouts or two, two shutouts? Maybe three. Uh, two. I want to say two. two. Two shutouts and then maybe one goal against and the other and then a few in the final, yeah. something like that. But it, yeah, it was, sounds he, he right. was, he was unbelievable. Dude, Austin, okay, so Austin Lynch, when the show started, he jumped in the YouTube chat and says, hey boys, I'll be back later. My hockey game's about to start. See y'all soon. And I told him, good luck. And he says, thanks, we'll probably mercy them. And that was probably what? How long ago did we start the show, guys? Maybe 20 minutes, half hour-ish? Yeah, 25. He's already in the chat talking. Austin, how badly did you demolish that team? Good Lord. <laughs> said they mercyed him, and he got three goals. So, but, so <laughs> but got, Light, Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. We mercy rolled them very easily, 10-0. I got three goals. Nice. Holy shit, Austin. Sign up for the Ponder Tournament. You are on my team, buddy. <laughs> You're my secret weapon. Bud Light also uh, commented again, saying, uh, Hey, Kurt, are you getting drunk off Bud Light Orange tonight? I wonder who that is uh, running the Bud Light account. Hmm. The Bud Light Orange comment. No. You, if you Mr. Getting... I, the, the, whole, I, the whole conversation was about Stag there, uh, Mr. Bud Light. You think he wears a hat, the guy who's, who's, who's doing that? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm thinking that's a possibility. I'm might wear a hat or his name starts with J... Starts with an M. Mr. Well, no, what I'm it? saying another guy could be is a guy's name starts with J. He's always in our chat. Uh, once oh. participated in trivia, possibly. Possibly. I think it's I think it's it's a guy wearing a hat. But if it is actually Bud Light, it is so good to have you join our show. I'm sorry we don't drink <laughs> your beer more often on the show. I I drink it plenty. <laughs> well, the, the orange the orange variety. Again, I had one a couple weeks ago, and I was shocked at how much I enjoyed it. It was actually a really good beer, so I'm, I'll give you props on that. It's uh, I'm not going to defend it too much. I, I I it's it's a I mean whatever. I, I it's just a it's a if you it's a fun beer to have on the summer when it's hot. It's I enjoy it. Uh, rapid fire tidbits from around the NHL. No positive COVID nineteen cases in the bubble in the two bubble cities. The NHL is doing it baseball. right. Unlike baseball, right, exactly. Oh, my uh, good Lord. And the Cardinals, you know, going to casinos, apparently, rumored to be going to casinos and just cases mm. breaking out left and right. It's nuts. They post, the Cardinals why... have postponed, postponed more games than they played. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, and you know what's funny is if you go by win percentage, the Marlins are number one in their division, and they've played four games. I. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I mean, if this keeps happening to a team every handful of days, how do you, can you finish the season? You're going to be playing, I think, didn't they say you're going to play like a bunch of double headers back to back and then, yeah, and oh, then yeah. play seven inning games to to make it up? Something like that? Yeah, well, the, the yeah. double headers yeah. will be seven inning games. That's so absurd. Yeah. With runners on second base after the seventh inning. Is that what they said? Yep. Yeah. I have yeah. not, okay, I've half it's, paid attention to what they're saying. It's, it's co-ed softball. Sorry, it, it, you've reduced baseball to co-ed softball. 
Well, it just it it's it, it's fine. It's it it's par for the course with the with baseball this year with uh, bringing the DH to the National League. So yeah, I'm glad you're yeah, on that side I, of the argument. I'm, but you know, I'm I'm just I'm not watching baseball. I watched you know one or two of the Cardinals games, and you know just. It, it's it doesn't it doesn't hold my interest <laughs> long enough and you know there's hockey on there's there's hockey on um in the youtube chat budweiser has entered the chat <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're that uh, might be our that might be our uh our youtube <laughs> chat uh comment of the show congratulations <laughs> budweiser has entered the chat oh look out um, the king of beers is in the chat now we're not going to uh, we're not going to sit and and talk about baseball. Don't worry, folks. No. Uh, we've got hockey to talk about. And and Bill, why would you watch baseball? There's so much hockey on right now. Like we said, uh, it's yeah. just it's controlled all of our lives. Let's let's not lie about that. Um, but no, it, the thing that is that the NHL's done, and I I don't pay attention at all to the NBA. I'll admit the um, I went to the gym tonight, and um, yes, this is the first time I ever went to a gym. Um, but, uh, they, uh, they actually had the NBA, uh, an NBA game on. And I, I'll admit, I, I have been so tuned out of like paying attention to all sports and like watching ESPN and all that. I didn't even know the NBA already started again. Um, I imagine with them playing cause they're in the bubble in Orlando, right? I imagine that they haven't had any COVID, uh, positive COVID tests either. So that to me says the bubble is working. That's the only way you're going to have professional sports during this. So it's as much as, as, as much as people want to shit on the NHL that aren't hockey fans, they have done everything right. And it's been so great to see. How can you shit on the NHL? They've done it. They've done everything perfectly. Um, that's the, what I'm uh, saying. I'm saying yeah. normal sports fans used to always oh. talk shit on the NHL yeah. and it's it, just, that, this it, they are doing it right. This whole it, the MLB traveling and the NFL is probably going to do the same thing. We're going to see the same issues. Uh, they're doing it correctly. I said when when baseball was was getting ready to start back up, I'm like, why are they not doing bubble cities, one for each division, and just play division games? You know, yeah. you're playing. You you got sixty games to play. Play what twelve games against each one of your division opponents. And then start playoffs. Just do just one bubble city each division, and then you don't have travel or nothing. You got six six teams in one city. They can do that. Play a few games a day. It it seems like Major League Baseball never really gave it much thought, right? You know, they're they're kicked around the idea of you know just doing um, you know uh, having bubbles in Florida and Arizona, and that would have worked out great for them. <laughs> I mean, come on, um, but. I don't think the 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 players never would have gone for it, so it was never truly discussed. Well, and, you know the league, you know the league should have pushed the issue. They didn't. I expect that that their season is going to wind up being canceled uh, by at this point. You know, it has to be three weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, you just can't keep one push, more. You can't right. Keep one more games. team that you know that the Marlins or the Cardinals have a series against, you know, winds up or have multiple series against winds up, you know, with a COVID outbreak on that team. 
and you know there are more games that those two teams can't play season over yeah uh the rangers are out swept by carolina um i i don't i don't think a lot of people care i think the rangers weren't supposed to be in it anyway um i i thought the rangers actually had a chance they have had carolina's number for years well carolina voted against the whole plan initially the rangers were four and oh against them this year yeah but that just that just shows to go yeah that the 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 playoffs are a different animal (laughs) i agree um i just thought with panarin even lundquist who's a guy who can step in and uh, play big, big minutes. Uh, and then, you know, Shish Durkin and that, um, thought there was at least a chance, but yeah, Carolina just ragdolled them. You think, uh, Lundquist will play, uh, want to play somewhere else, uh, after his, his one year left on his contract. Uh, Did you and, see the picture anyway. of him when there was like a minute left in the game? No. Oh, I think he was. So they, in, uh, I guess that arena, they, have him like behind the glass, the backup goalie. And so that was somebody panned the, the camera to him. Pretty sure he was in tears oh, over losing. Wow. And it's like, dude, you're in a qualifying round and losing your shit. Like yeah. you had no right to, I mean, not, I don't want to say no right, but you didn't belong here anyway. Your team didn't belong here. You really thought you had a chance. You need to, because he was the one that said he didn't want to move on. So if you're going to win a cup, before you retire, you got to move on, buddy. It's time to go back up somewhere else. I mean, was he 30, 30, what is he? How 38. 30, 38? Yeah. He's old. He's up there. So, I mean, he's got one year left on his contract. So, I mean, if he wants to win, he's going to have to ask for a trade this off season or something. I mean, and who wants, who wants that contract? They tried to move him back when he Back when they they got rid of like uh, was it um, wasn't Brad Richards they when they made when they they sent the letter out to their fans that they were basically in a rebuilding year um, they tried to move him and he said no I want to stay in New York he didn't want to uh, leave and so you see him like that that emotional over a qualifying round loss it's like dude you, if you really want to go win somewhere you should have left. Two three years ago, you would have had some value. I don't know if you do anymore. Eight and a half million. That's a, that's what he makes. Yeah. That's cap no one's it. taking that on. No, yeah, no. It's it's yeah. It it it's a killer contract. That's and he has I to would hope imagine for a compliance. He has to hope for a yes. compliance buyout. I was just going to say and that somebody signs him on the cheap for being a backup. Yeah, to uh, to support uh, to be a actually, you know what? To be to I know to, what you're going to say, Kurt. <laughs> I know what no, you're going to say. No, but here, here, uh, someone suggested that uh, you know dealing Allen and then signing Lundquist to a million dollar a year contract to back up Bennington. Um, which I mean, if you can get Lundquist for a million a year for a one year contract after you know or after next season or whatever, but if uh, if uh, uh, if after Allen we don't have an option, I mean. I don't know. I, I don't think I'm it's sure. a bad option at all. Sure, sure. Personally, normally I'm against that signing the aged veteran thing. You know, I know Yager was a big thing a couple of years ago, but but I think that if because again, I think we're all in agreement that if you're going to sign Petrangelo, you're going to have to move some money, and it makes sense to move your backup goalie as good as he's been. If well, you can do that, you. and then they buy out Lundqvist, 
those buyout contracts, I mean, when that happens, those guys usually sign on the cheap. Yeah. Bring him in for one year, one million. Why the hell not? He doesn't work out. That's not a huge risk. I yeah I I, uh, I the, the people who who want to keep Allen uh, are basically saying that you're sacrificing Petrangelo for Allen, and that and he, let let's be honest here, Allen is your backup goalie. You you do not under any circumstances choose your backup goalie over your number one defenseman ever. As far as like who you're going to keep, why would you do that? A guy who's going to start 25, 30 games a year, why would you do that ever? I, I and and not played all in the playoffs. For I, I, that makes you no don't. sense to me. You, you don't, you don't, you you can't. I mean, yeah, having and this season was an anomaly having two really good goalies. We haven't had that in forever. As long as Allen's been here, Locke and Elliott. Halak and Halak and Elliot, yeah, right. Yeah. Since then, but yeah. since Allen came on board, it's been uh, Allen or Elliot, and then it was uh, Allen just kept getting beat out by his backup goalie. So, uh, for number one, we have not had. This was the first season since then was we had two strong goalies. So, I mean, there's no guarantee that's going to happen again next year if we don't trade Allen this off season. Uh, I've said this before. You, you, I mean, there's a there's a concept behind trading high. And uh, I, I can't imagine Allen's value being any higher ever than it is right now. So I, I think in the offseason, you have to trade him. Have to. Where he was a year and a half ago. Oh, God. You know, when we all wanted, you know, wanted to run him out of town uh, to be to be nice about it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he, he is – he redeemed his career. And he really proved – you know that that he is he's the guy that uh, you throw him in in a tough road game. Not that really matters in the context for him now, but you throw him in in a tough road game, and he's gonna he's gonna at least get you a point out of the game. And you know that that became his identity rather than the you know forgets how to play hockey after January. And yeah. you know, you're absolutely right; his value's never been higher. And you know a lot of a lot of I mean, look look at the Oilers. You know, everybody comes in here saying, oh, the Oilers are going to run over the Hawks. And, you know, then they throw Mike Smith in there. He gives up five goals within 27 minutes of the game and hasn't seen the ice since. They're playing Koskinen now. Um, but how good could Jake Allen be, you know, with in uh, a 1A, 1B tandem with Koskinen going forward? Or Calgary, you know, with um, – Cam Talbot, and, and I mean, they had a good year this year. As much as I hate uh, to say it, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Corey Crawford's proven to have his problems. Robin Lehner's gone. Yeah, I mean, there's, that's there's a, not going to be a there's not going to be a deal there. Chicago's no, not probably not. But I'm just saying there there are many teams. Detroit is another one who could use a solid one A one B goalie. I think, and and let's let's. I mean, the one A one B didn't work here. Uh, he he's he's the backup and he's he's thrived in a backup role so i mean well just make sure he understands that that the b is the important part of the equation and <laughs> i think he thrives um so uh injuries in the uh playoffs there's a couple of things i wanted to talk about uh and one specifically that uh 
uh, involves the hometown boy, Matthew Kachuk. Um, for those listening, if you haven't seen this, uh, give it a look. Uh, it's on YouTube. But uh, in game one of the Flames and Jets series, Matthew Kachuk's skate injured uh, Mark Shifley on the boards. Um, uh, the play was on the boards. Kachuk comes in hard, and his skate comes up a bit uh, when stopping and, and, and gets the back of uh, Shifley's leg above his skate. Uh, and he goes down in pain, taken off. And uh, they haven't said anything about the injury, how bad it is. They haven't even said if he was cut, which he almost has to be, right? Because he was down in pain, kind of writhing oh, on the ice. Oh, didn't see any blood. There was no blood, right. But, I mean, he had equipment on Impressive and socks on. So I don't know. But uh, so Jets head coach Paul Maurice called it a filthy, dirty kick. And then he was asked if Kachuk is a dirty player. And he said, if you sin once, are you a sinner? Sin 10 times? I don't think he came off the bench and said, hey, I'm going to go see if I can go stab the back of Mark Shifley's leg with my skate. I think he got to that point, and I think that's exactly what he did. So Paul Maurice is saying that Kachuk found himself in a situation and took advantage of it uh, by taking a dirty shot at at dirty and malicious and and. If it is on purpose, it's borderline criminal uh, to intentionally cut somebody with your skate leg or your skate. But uh, so Wheeler and Kachuk fought on Kachuk's next shift with Kachuk getting the better of it. So what do you, the, 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 people are almost, I don't know if they're split on this or what, but I've seen a lot of comments on both sides. Uh, your thoughts on all of it. Was it a dirty intentional play in your mind? And is Kachuk a dirty player? That's, I mean, obviously two completely different questions. Yes, sure. I think Matt Kachuk straddles the line of being a dirty player. I don't know if you want to fully call him that. I mean, I guess in today's game, yes. Uh, comparatively speaking to, you know, past players, I don't think he even makes the list. But maybe by today's standards, yeah, he probably is. Uh, but um, that is a, listen, it's... It's quite the accusation to say that anybody is intentionally injuring anybody else, but this one in particular to like kick a dude in the back of the leg and, and possibly rupture or something. And just, I mean, that is a tall, tall accusation. Um, I don't know if there's any, I mean, I play with a, a lot of hockey players. Obviously we, you know, we, um, uh, we're not professionals, um, by any means, but I know some guys who like to grind it out, get dirty behind the play. And I don't know of any one person that would ever even think about using their skate blade as a weapon. Um, it's hard for me to think. Now, you will. I will say, you know, you look at the replays. I know Maurice said he saw a replay from the opposite boards that it, he's saying that, that most people haven't seen. Um, <laughs> like the NHL said they saw on the uh, right. the point one second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, no, I was going to say the Laterra offsides, too. That, too. Yeah. Um, but, but, no, I um, – it. So I get it. I get that as a coach, you see your one of your top players go down like that, and it's to a player that is considered dirty by most standards. Um, that's your first reaction. But to think that Matt Kachuk is that 
malicious. Um, I don't see it. I I mean, again, I I could be completely wrong here, but to use your skate as a weapon, I mean, if it comes out that that yeah, the NHL deems that to be a a play where he did that intentionally, which obviously they didn't. Um, they won't. Then and... that's a position where the the like legal needs to get involved. I mean, that's that's a serious offense, but um, that's basically taking a knife to someone's leg. Uh, but I I don't think it was intentional. I but... think it was just a unfortunate play. His leg kicked up in a weird position. Got Shifley. Shit happens. Um, yeah, he was wanting to hit him, but I don't think he was wanting to cut him. Bill, well, I mean, what's your take on it? So to to answer your questions, um, yeah, I think Mac Chuck's a bit of a dirty player. He's definitely got that reputation, and you know that's that's you know between uh, you know some of the some of his hits and you know his. Uh, uh, rivalry with Drew Doughty and the, the shit talk there. Um, he's not a well-liked player for sure. Uh, <laughs> but the play, uh, to, to say that it was malicious and intentional, what I saw was a guy who was going in hard, tried to stop, and his that ice is shit. When his skate went down like he was turning to stop and kicked up in the air. That's that's how I read it. I didn't see any intent there. I thought he was trying to stop and just he caught a rut or just something that just causes his skate to pop up just a little bit. You know, um, it, it's one of one of the most traumatic things I've ever seen in a hockey rink when I was a kid um, back before men's league hockey banned checking. The uh, I was probably you know mites or squirts, and uh, there was a, a men's league game at the the rink in Cahokia, and a guy got checked where uh, somebody went into the boards and leapt into them and came down, and the skate cleanly cut out the other guy's Achilles tendon, mm. and Oof. just blood everywhere, you know, tendon on the ice. It, it was it was there was intent there. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe that, that extreme, uh, you know, memory for me is shading it here, but (laughs) I, I thought it was, it was a freak accident more than anything else. I agree. I agree with, uh, Jets forward, Adam Lowry, who his take was, uh, I don't know if I'd say dirty, I would say reckless. We all play hard. I don't have the cleanest track record either. When you play a physical brand of hockey, sometimes you, sometimes you step over the line. That was one of those plays where it's kind of reckless, and I agree with that. I and I th- and I and I can this this in, from what I the replay I've watched a number of times. This is what this is my interpretation of what happened. Uh, like you guys said, he comes into the boards, he goes to stop. The ice is shit. He his his legs aren't together. His skates aren't together. They're kind of spread. He's he kind of turned sideways, and he's he's got his feet you know two three feet apart. And when he when he puts his right skate into the ice, it hits a rut or it's just choppy or whatever, and it comes up. And his mindset, I guarantee you, going on the boards is to get a piece of Shifley because he's coming yeah. into the puck's there. His job is to get a piece, get check him, get a piece of him. Um, and so he's out with his, with his foot, and he wants to make contact with his foot on his leg. And on the way there, his foot hits a hits a spot in the ice and pops up, and 
and then his his blade continues into his leg. Um, I don't think it was on. I don't think he meant to cut him at all. That's. I think that's. I think that's a. I think Paul Maurice is way off base to to insinuate something like that. You got to have some pretty damning proof, uh, and not what and not what is shown to accuse a player of that kind of maliciousness. That's ridiculous. Um, that's just that's just it's sour grapes and, and just bitterness in his mind that he's lost a good player uh, over that play. Um, it, it's it's just it is what it is. You're trying to get a, a piece of a guy on the boards. You're stopping on shitty ice, and uh, the, the the position Chuck was in, he, he he he's trying to make contact leg on leg, and um, it was a reckless play. But he's not trying to cut the guy with his skate. That's a, to me, that's completely absurd. Right. No, to me, Maurice's reaction is, you know, he's the coach that now is facing the loss of probably his best player um, and down in the series. And he's got to find a way to motivate his team. So do it through the hatred of, of the, the guy that's easy to hate. Sure. And target, I, I, yeah, get your team riled up and send them out there. I mean, it makes for an uh, interesting uh, next game. Uh, before we move on to the next uh, uh, bullet point here, uh, Stag Beer Company has joined the YouTube chat. Says, "Hey, Kurt." Uh, and uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I know it's not the real Stag Beer Company because they would be using their new logo, which is shit. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, and uh, Stag Beer asked me what I'm drinking. Uh, I have switched to our friends at Center Ice Brewery. Uh, again, I've still got some of that sixty pack I bought. Uh, this is the the beauty, uh, which is a great, great IPA. light beer. Uh, Another IPA. It is an IPA. <laughs> Again, it's in my rotation of like six beers that I like that are IPA. I'm gonna say um, I'm gonna say that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know what? If we go back and we look at your last ten beers, I'm gonna say eight were IPAs on the show. Um, maybe my over know. under my okay my over under my over under is uh, seven and a half. On your, on your IPA choice, what do maybe. you say? Um, you say it's under seven maybe. or eight. I'm gonna say under, but okay. you might be right. I'm... I've been drinking. You know what? It's funny. I drink a lot more IPAs during the summer. It's it's weird. I don't know why. Um, but uh, the hoppier the better for you. Are you like a double triple hopped thing guy? Not really. Not really. No. Um. But anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, another comment here from Austin Lynch. Can't believe Chicago scored on that. For those of you that are watching live, uh, Chicago scored with about four seconds left in the period, make it 2-1 uh, in the first intermission against Edmonton in game three, right? You know what that, game you, three. You know what that, yeah, you know what that kind of goal is? That kind of goal reminds me of uh, the old days with the Hawks against the Blues, scoring with four seconds to go in a playoff game in a period. I will say, though, as much as I hate to admit it, has there been a more clutch player early in this round than Jonathan Taves? He's he's a clutch guy. Dude I mean, has been totally. He is totally meant to bury that one by you know tapping it in with his skate. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, like he's always in the right place at the right time, and just I mean, man, yeah. listen. I'm going to say this, and people are going to want to kill me. I like Jonathan Taves. I he's one Blackhawk that I do not hate. And I like so, I like him like I like Steve Eisenman. I respect the hell out of him. Me I too. Him. Me I too. hated I hated him though because he was on a rival, 
And it's strictly in a sports sense, and we've talked about this, I don't hate the guy. He's a great player. He's a, I'm sure he's a good human being from everything we know about him. Um, but sports-wise, rivalry-wise, I can't stand the fucker. Uh, just like Arzeman. Couldn't stand him. Yeah, same, I, I always love, like, one of my favorite players of all time is Nicholas Lidstrom. Hated that he was a fucking Red Wing his whole yeah. career. Drove me yeah. crazy. But he was a hell of a defenseman. One of the best ever generation, the best of the generation that was, you know, so so defensively dominated. I mean, I think he, I can make, I think you can make the argument that he is the best ever. I was going to say, I was going to say top three all time. Yeah. Oh, definitely top three. So you got, or you've got. Lidstrom and Trevor Turkin. Yeah, I mean, there there would be a lot of argument, you know, who else would be in there? Ray Bork. Um, Bork. You know, if you go for the offense side of thing, people will say Paul Coffey. I was, go back yeah. back further, Larry Robinson, Doug Harvey. Yeah. Oh, Larry Robinson had a ridiculous go way career. back, Eddie Shore. Yeah. Old time hockey. Eddie Shore. Yeah. I, I I mean top three is a top three is rough, but uh Top five, you could you could make an argument, maybe. I definitely give Lidstrom yeah. top three, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. I I know I'm, it's I'm, totally uh, opinion. I, it's not a hundred percent fact based, but seeing his career, I mean, I pretty much, I mean, you guys did too. Saw him pretty much his entire career, and that dude in, was ridiculous in big games too. A lot of big playoff series yeah. against the, the Wings, against the Blues. So we saw a lot of him. And uh, he was he was good, real good. Yeah, my favorite stick blade pattern ever. Yeah, yeah. My see, uh, oh, yeah, I, I used to like that one too. I had a coffee one, which was like a boomerang. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I, I actually I have out in my uh, out in my garage. I have a I have a coffee and a couple of instruments in in the old barrel. So. How about a uh, question for our listener, Austin Lynch, who we obviously know plays hockey. Uh, Austin, what uh, what stick blade are you using nowadays? It's funny because cr- it's it's always the same. It's it's the same. If you look at like the name, the actual name of the curve, it's it's the same forever. It's it's been the same since the nineties, but it's just the player name changes. You know, obviously. There was the Lidstrom for a long time, a Sackick, a Thornton, but it's all changed. Sackick became a Ginla. Thornton became, oh boy, I can't remember. But I think it, Thornton used to be an Oats, and you know it was just it. It's always changed, but it's it's the same exact curve. There was never an Oats blade in the stores in St. Louis. Or in uh, maybe in it wasn't Oats then. I can't just remember. because I'm, I just say that because if there one existed, I would have had it. <laughs> yeah. Um, unless it was available just when I couldn't find it, but, uh, Jake Muzzin also, uh, hurts, um, and more of a fluky type play. Uh, I don't think anybody is accusing anybody of being malicious here. Um, but uh, in game two between Toronto and Columbus on Tuesday, Toronto's Jake Muzzin was cross-checked from behind, falls forward, appears to catch a rut in the ice, uh, gets propelled forward a bit where his head hits the back of Oliver Bjorkstrand's leg. 
Um, Muslim left the ice on a stretcher and was released from the hospital today, but has been ruled out for the rest of the qualifying round. His head and neck are the concern. Um, and because he left the bubble, he is now in quarantine while recovering. So uh, not something you want to ever see happen to a player going head first into a leg or having a neck or a, a, a head issue, especially the boards too, because you see guys get paralyzed from that stuff um, every now and then. But so Yeah, I will say I disagree with you about one thing. Uh, about there being no malicious intent here. There okay. Malicious oh, it was a check from behind. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Mike fucking Milberry. Oh, I'm trying to make the <laughs> argument that he's buying time. He couldn't feel his fucking hands. Do you, do you get, the, get him off the fucking air? Do you know I what? In, I am totally <laughs> in that camp. Do you know what I interpreted his comments as being? I interpret his comments as being, yeah, he's hurt, but he wants to stay down a long time to make sure he gets the call. I didn't interpret it as Milbury saying that he was faking it. I interpreted Milbury as saying that, yes, he's hurt, but he wants to make sure he gets the call. That's the way I understand. That's the way I interpret it. Just get the whistle blown. I don't know. Because there's, there's no, there's get no a penalty. call, get there, a call. There's no penalty. Get a call. Yeah. I, that's that's the way I took it. But you could be very right about that, <laughs> and it wouldn't surprise me, uh, Mulberry. In terms of the play, um, the way that I took it uh, with Muzzin, and it's because I've I've been in a similar situation, just like I'm sure a lot of hockey players have, um, where his face is getting like, I don't know. I, I took it as it was weird. I, I saw his face getting ready to like hit the skate blade. And I felt like he kind of like saw that and thought I need to like kind of joust my head up a little bit. And, and I think to me, that's what he did to avoid running into a skate blade. And so he took a the blunt of the player's leg in the face which obviously was a huge impact, but I don't know. Maybe we'll I, hear from Jake Muzzin in the next couple of weeks, but I feel like when he did that, it was intentional, so he didn't hit a more dangerous spot in the player he was running into. I took it where that – I know what you're talking about, where he lunges forward. I I interpreted that when I looked at the replay that he's lunging to try and shoot the puck because the puck's there and it's near his blade. I thought he was lunging forward to try and shoot the puck and clear it out. And when he went to to shoot his, his his stick, got hung up on one of the player's skates and didn't move. And so he's lunging forward. His head goes first and his stick stays back. I thought he was trying to lunge and shoot the puck out. That's what I thought he was doing. But his stick got hung up on a player. So I'm going to add uh, our friend uh, uh, Austin Lynch says he plays with a Patrick Kane curve, which – does that look familiar to you? Because I also play with a cane curve. So good work there, Austin Lynch. You're you're one of the elite. <laughs> I'm trying to remember which curve is on my stick. It used to be a Crosby. Says the guy who I don't think I've scored since hockey opened up over a month ago. So says that guy. <laughs> <sighs> Replacement blade wise, I enjoyed the Crosby stick, uh, Crosby blade. Uh, but one piece, uh, what do I have? One piece. 
Uh, I want to say it was a player I didn't like because I almost didn't buy it. It might have been Kane. I don't know. It's 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 in it's on the other side of the house. He's got a he's got a good shooting curve. <clears throat> good for slap shots. So uh, Matt Dumba was the uh, we're still on the uh, rapid fire tidbits around the around the NHL too. So Matt Dumba was That's the first rapid fire right? No, Am I really. right, guys? Let's, let's wrap it this up. <laughs> uh, Matt Dumba was the first to take a knee before a game, and uh, and that was after making a speech about racial racial inequality before game one of the nationally broadcast game between the Hawks and the Oilers, which kicked off the playoffs. Um, which uh, said there was some a lot of talk about that. Then Ryan recently, uh, well, yesterday Ryan Reeves and Tyler Sagan and Robin Lehner, among others, <clears throat> uh, kneeled during the U.S. national anthem and Canadian national anthem uh, to protest racial inequality and police brutality. Reeves said after the game that uh, I just want to say that in no way was I trying to disrespect the flag or our people that have fought for this country. I have the utmost respect for everyone that has fought and died for the freedom of this country. That's not the message I'm trying to send. But at the same time, those people go overseas, go to war and families are torn apart in these wars for the freedom of this country, only to find out that this country isn't free for everybody. That's where I'm coming from. Not everyone is truly free in this country. So, and then uh, Petrangelo sent him a text uh, telling him that he supported everything he was doing is all about it, um, which I thought was a, a nice gesture from Petrangelo. We'll be interesting to see if Petrangelo, you know, not that he has to or should, but um, if he does anything else, if he kneels, uh, you know, or or if the text um, is going to be uh, uh, all he does. But uh, we'll so we'll see. Uh, all that I'll say on that is is I, I think Ryan Reeves's eloquent statements is the best I've heard from any sport about this whole thing ever since this whole started just a couple of years ago. Um, I think he says it best that that's, I think that's, that's lost in this. A lot of people see people kneeling for the national anthem and it's, you know, Oh, they're, you know, they're disrespecting the flag. No, they're not. It's, it's that it's exactly what Reeves said. It's, it's, we're trying to show like, you want us to protest, but you don't want us to block highways. You don't want us to do this. You don't want us to do that. Here's a good silent way of us doing it. And and I think the way he said it, that was the, the best explanation I've seen why uh, kneeling during an anthem is the way to do it. I don't think it matters how people protest this particular issue. Uh, there are always going to be a lot of people that say that it's never the right time or the place for it. Um, because honestly, compared to what's happened the past few months, um, with these violent protests at times, um, riots, it turning into riots, um, uh, you know, it, it, it makes you th- think back and say, oh gosh, I guess the kneeling and during the anthem, the silent protest wasn't so bad after all. Um, but, uh, Robin Lehner, uh, was a bit of a surprise actually in that, uh, what he said, uh, just because uh, he showed support for Donald Trump on his mask back in 2017. So he, and he talked about that by saying, I did the mistake once and put the Trump sticker on my mask. It's something I regret now seeing how div- divisive things have been. But at the end of the day, and this part I thought was important, this is not about politics. This is about human rights. Everyone should have the same choice, chance in society. Everyone should be treated the same. At the end of the day, I love America but there are a bunch of things that need to be corrected and it's just about willingness to do something about it. I think it's time for whites to step in to battle with our brothers and sisters and make some change. Stop just talking about it and do something. 
So that was I mean, good on him for for uh, uh, it's refreshing to see someone with certain opinions who sees what is going on in the world. And and, and instead of blindly following what his thoughts on certain things were before, he was paying attention and adjusted his thoughts and his way of thinking on certain issues so and and, and did so accordingly. So that, that's called, you know, I think, that's called being an adult and educating yourself on what's going on. Uh, few people do that. It, it's, it has nothing to do with, with which direction he went politically or whatever. It has everything to do with him taking making an effort to understand things better. Um, how many times do you see people uh, a discussion or debate online about whatever and some, and one person just provides facts on this issue and the other person says, well, I don't care. And they just keep doing, believing what they believe in. Even though the facts and whatever is against what they're saying, they choose to believe what they're believing or they choose to keep their stance anyway. And that's, that's very confusing to me that if, if you have been proven wrong, in 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 what you're saying, uh, to still believe what you're saying is is valid. So, um, good on him for for uh, at least being open to uh, uh, the idea that uh, you know of learning about and educating himself on what's going on. Yeah, you know, you know, Leonard Leonard has gone through uh, more than you know most people in the NHL have gone through in, in terms of, you know, personal transformations. I mean, he, in, you know, he's struggled with, you know, mental illness. He's, he became the voice, the, the, the voice in the NHL, um, like the, the, not the voice because, you know, everybody's supportive, uh, Bell Let's Talk, but, you know, a, a leading voice in the NHL, you know, to, for people to be open about, you know, mental illness um, you know, he's, he suffered from, you know, bipolar disorder, um, you know, dealt with it, alcohol, drugs, um, got himself clean. So he's, he's a guy that, that has struggled with his, his personal demons, um, and, and has had some discoveries in his life and, you know, changed, changed everything about his life, um, and embraces life. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised. Uh, quite honestly, knowing that he's gone through that, uh, to see uh, to see him uh, coming out in support and 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 being a great ally. It's interesting too that that he did bring up the Trump thing because it's not it, it's not a political thing. Um, the day that anyone makes a statement and tries to say that this stuff is political, that's where they lose me. Um, I don't understand how can the idea of treating all humans fairly and equally be political. That's a human rights issue that's that's being infringed on. That's the only the only people who are making social injustices political are are the ones yelling don't bring politics into sports. That's the only time you hear it really is being referred to as political is by those people, the ones who are against it. So they're doing that. They're trying to make it political for some reason when when this kind of thing has never been, nor is it now, nor will it ever be political. It's that's a that's a weird stance to try and take on 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 that issue to me um and i like know, it, it you know who it's... made that same point just real quick jeff the same oh, point ahead. you just made that it's not a political thing it's a human rights thing anson carter the, the yeah night that Dumbo you're right made the speech mm-hmm. anson carter came out and said that very same thing and that that was that stuck with me you know it, it is so true 
you know, it's, it's not, it's not about left or right politics. No. It's about treating people like human beings. Right. And, and for someone, well, yeah, go ahead, Jeff. Sorry. Uh, I, I mean, I was kind of just going to add that like when, um, when it, it's similar to me, when the hurricanes posted their team photo with the masks on, I, I don't know if you guys saw that on social media right before they left uh, for the bubble, they posted a team photo with all of them wearing masks and, and they said, you know, something like, um, you know, not only goalies wear masks or something, whatever they said. And the first comment that I saw that had the most likes was, oh, why'd you have to go and get political? Yeah. And I'm like, it. why is that political? Like, you see it all why the time. Why have we turned in that into a political thing? And it's, all, and it's always people who are against it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, that bring that up. I I don't know why I don't know why they're that's that's and again I'll reiterate they're not making it political you are the the people that yeah. are that are, are complaining that's political are making it political they're trying to for some reason to me they're just they're just showing support for what the U.S. government is telling us we should be doing like that and again that's not to me that's do, not a a political thing do you know how I know it's not political because we don't talk politics on this show. So we wouldn't be talking yeah. about it right now if it were <laughs> true. That's true. Very true. <laughs> and I'll, and the only thing I'll add with, with, with this and the Matt Dumbo speech and all that was, again, I, I mentioned Ryan Reeves' speech. Dude, what man, Matt Dumbo said, that was a great speech. I'm really proud of the NHL for um, allowing him to have that platform. Um, you could tell he was a little nervous, you know, like not – he's not a, a – you know – Dude plays in front of millions of people constantly, but he doesn't, you know, he's not a public speaker. Sure. Um, so I'm sure that was a very difficult thing for him to to do. And I'm sure if, I don't know if he approached the NHL, if they approached him, but for him to come out and do that took a lot of courage. And um, I was, uh, again, I was very happy to see the NHL allow him to have that platform and for other players to to stand by his side and, and kneel with him uh was was really cool to see. You saw that play, Bill. I saw you I saw you cringe. The the Hawks can't the, Kyler Kyler Yamamoto boy yeah. um uh who's that? Murphy? Discipline, yeah. you think? Um probably. Uh, I think well, so. I don't know. I think so. Yeah. I he he only got two. But uh, yeah, I, I think, think they'll look at the it. Numbers long enough. I think sub long, the numbers long enough. He'll get a game. I think they'll look at it, at least. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. So uh, oh, round and, uh, looks like a little blood. Oh yeah. That or he's got that it's just yeah. Oh, he, he saw his numbers the whole way. I mean, like he's ten feet away and he sees his numbers. That he should have anyway. Yeah, I agree. Uh. So uh, round robin plays St. Louis versus Colorado. Um, this was, uh, okay. So Colorado wins this game two to one on, on the latest goal you can possibly see in a period. Um, literally, like literally that will never be beaten. no, you, you can't, I mean, you can't, um, you, you could make an argument based on the video that was available to the public that, that the goal was not across the line, but you know, that's, that's a discussion later on. But so, so compared to the Chicago game, I thought the blues were, much better. The Chicago game was a shit show. I thought they were awful. The Blues. Yeah. Um, but th- I thought the Blues were like, even though the Blues got 
best pace of this game. Even though Colorado was getting the better of the play, especially early on in the first, I was shooting the Blues, or most of the first, uh, 15 to 2. Uh, it's funny I say that the Blues played a much better game, even though they were being outshot 15 to 2 in the first period before the Blues scored on their third shot of the game to go up 1 0. Um, but uh, the pace of this game, and we both talked about this on, on Twitter, Jeff, that the pace was phenomenal. Uh, yeah, fast. Up well, and, down. and it's that it's that Colorado is they might be the quickest team in the NHL, and and to me that is the biggest concern for the St. Louis Blues is that they're not a quick team. You know, the Blues they have quick players. There's a couple guys like Robert Thomas. You know, even Tarasenko, Schwartz can turn it on when they need to, but they're not the number one quick team. I think Colorado. Could take that mantle. Um, Colorado, know, there's a couple that rival them, but they are, that, especially that top line. Oh my god, they can't they're, keep up with those guys. They're, they're they're quick with a mission. It's like they they skate with a purpose when they're. I mean, they're, they're not just fast; they are aggressive fast. Um, yeah, with I mean, they, their like, forechecking like, is ridiculous. The the way that they just hound the Blues players when they were going to the corners for pucks. I mean. Again, you you go back to the season series, and I know that in playoffs that doesn't matter a whole lot, but the Blues dominated the first two games against them. They won both, and and I remember uh, one of them, yeah. the Blues just dominated play because they just had puck control. They didn't let Colorado get to them. They were moving the puck fast, no problem. The second two games, they lost both of them, and it was because they let Colorado – have the puck and just skate down on rushes and just have odd man breaks. And it just, that's, that's going to be the doom of the blues. If, if there is going to be one is quick rushes down the ice because the blues don't have the fleet foot that you, you see with a team like Colorado. Do you know how much McKinnon makes per season? It's six, a lot, right? 6.3 million. That's it. Oh, he's getting a huge raise. Yeah, but he his contract is good through twenty two twenty three, so he's That's got a. a he's was got that Sackick that signed he's got, that? He's got three more years after this one. Did Sackick sign into that, or was that the 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 GM before? I don't know. Look up his. Uh, when did he sign this? Because uh, that that's phenomenal. That is. He he signed this one in sixteen seventeen. I don't think Sackick was GM yet. I couldn't so, be wrong. No, it was a good sign. Either way, no, that's that's fantastic. And again, that top line and the fact that they that top line last year was Landis Cog, McKinnon, Rantanen, and now it's they moved Borakowski to that line, and they got Landis Cog on the second line. They have well distributed, and we talked about this uh, during one of our shows during the season that they went out and got a second line this off season. They got Burakovsky, uh Kadri, and Donskoy. And, and like, that's a second line. They literally went out and got a second line. And then they decided to move Borakowski to the top line and Landis Cog to the second line. I mean, that's distributing your wealth. They're a hell of a team. And yeah. I really believe that is going to be the Blues' biggest challenge uh, this playoff. Yeah. Well, it looks like they kicked the shit out of Dallas today. Uh, what was the final four score? Nothing. I looked. It was four nothing when I last looked. Yeah, that was the final. Okay. So yeah, they they did. and I was Blues fans were hoping Dallas would win this game because then mm-hmm. that would 
be a little easier for the Blues to finish first in the round robin. Now you got to hope for uh, Vegas to beat Colorado and the Blues to win their final two. Uh, if that happens, then the Blues will finish first in the round robin. So, yeah, no, be happy to finish second. Yeah. Uh, so Bennington was fantastic in this game, stopping thirty six to thirty eight. Great. Oh, he was so good. Uh, he's he's, I mean, looks to be on his game, hundred percent ready to go. Uh, he was the story of the game for the Blues. Um, but in the first period, uh, Perron scores from his office on the power play uh, on a beautiful one-timer against the grain, a upper glove against Grubauer uh, as he slid across. So the the first period of this game was very reminiscent of uh, the first period against Boston uh, in Game 7 of the final last year. Uh, Blues got uh, outplayed but got the first goal uh, late. Uh, did not get a second goal like in, against Boston, but... Um, no goals in the second period uh, for either team. Blues played better, much better, outshooting them Colorado thirteen to ten, and then outshooting them fifteen to twelve in the third. So after the point of being outshot fifteen to two in the first, the Blues outshot Colorado thirty to twenty three the rest of the way. So it wasn't the entire game the Blues were getting dominated; just uh, the vast majority of the first period, more or less. Shots wise, I, anyway. I I thought the defense for the Avalanche, the way they engaged in the offense. Um, Sam, uh, Sam Gerard and, um, uh, Kale McCarr just, you know, they, they jump in the play so well better. And, you know, and I know we, we, we praise Preco and Petrangelo and, and Dunn and nothing against those guys. They, they do a great job as well, but those guys, they are fourth forward. They, when, when McKinnon takes the puck on the zone or, or Landis Cog or whoever, and those guys jump in the play. That's four guys that are going to go out there and score a goal um, along with, you know, whoever else is on the ice with them. I mean, they, they're scary. That's, that's a scary, scary team to me. And I, that's why when, when the, when, uh, before the, the whole pandemic started and, and the NHL was still going and the avalanche had so many injuries, I was like, thank God, because that's the Mm -hmm. only way the blues are, definitely getting past these guys is, is if their top players are injured. I mean, this, this team is, they're loaded. And you know what? I mean, to the Blues' credit, like you said, they stuck with them the whole time. Um, maybe they were dominated early, but, uh, you know, the Perron goal was huge. Uh, there was a couple shady penalty calls. Gunnarsson, second period, got a, I think it was hooking or slashing penalty that was questionable. Uh, that led to a couple power plays. And I think even Colorado got a couple that I didn't agree with. Um, but either way, I I thought the pace of this game was fantastic. The goaltending was great. Grubauer looked great in net for Colorado. Uh, just a, a fun game to watch. It's a shame it ended the way it did. But holy <laughs> shit, that was a fun game to watch. A shame for Blues fans. Colorado fans. Right. Are, there's, a, there's, a, there's a shot from the in goal camera of the, the puck coming right yes. at it. And uh, as it crosses the line and, and uh, people are saying, man, the blues, uh, they have a knack for getting monumental uh, imagery of goals against, against them. You got the Bobby Orr goal, you got the Eisenman goal and they're calling this the same thing. I'm like, no, no it's not the same thing, but nah, uh, we're not going to remember this in 10 years. It's a round Robin 
game. It's not, I mean, the, the Bobby Orr clinched the cup. Eisenman clinched the series. This game won a round robin game. It was essentially, essentially is still the regular season because you're still seeding. So, you know, but, but so Ryan Graves tied it up for Colorado five thirty three into the third period. Uh, and this was uh, the beginning of a series of unfortunate events for the blues. Um, well, prior to this goal, uh, Pareko uh, fans on a one-timer in the offensive zone, which was very uh, Berglund-like. <laughs> um, and he falls down, and the Avs go back the other way, three on two. Graves is the trailer on the play, receives the pass, goes to pass it back to the winger, but whiffs on the pass. And had it connected, if you watch the replay, they had a, they had a two-on-o down low. Um, so it was going to be a bang-bang play, ping-pong type of, of play, pass the winger, pass in front uh, for essentially a tap-in back door, maybe. So, uh, But he corrals the loose puck after he whiffed on the pass and then shoots it back in and uh, lets the wrister go that uh, from the hash marks that beats Bennington glove side. So high danger scoring area for sure. Unfortunate uh, that that play even happened because of the whiff shot by Pareko and then unfortunate that the shot came from where it did because of the whiff pass. But it is what it is. So, But uh, here's where it gets interesting. So the last last couple minutes of the game. So Steen takes a bad penalty and Jeff and I might disagree. We disagreed on, on Twitter about, I'm going to fight you. Kirk. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, go okay. so you Steen, go first Steen, Steen takes Steen is called for a penalty for hooking at 1843 of the third. Okay. Uh, this, and here's my take on it and you can give your version. So um, you're wrong. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> Steen, I'll, I'll 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 explain it by by okay I'll I'll bring you into this. So was Steen's stick tied up in oh I forgot his, uh, the player's name uh, in his hands. Uh, so oh hell who was that wh- whoever that it was. was um fuck I can't remember but so um, so his, his okay so the 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 reason why the penalty was called I so your because, question your is, question I will answer real okay. quick I will All say right. yes All right. yes it was okay. So and I, I think I know where you're going with your with your take, but so uh, and here's and so his hand his his stick is his ties up his hands, and I a lot of fans were up in arms about this call, um, whether it be a bad they thought it was a bad call on its own or a bad call because of the timing of it all and the the, the part of the game it was in, but uh, to me, it negated a scoring chance. Steen has his stick on his forearms from behind hooking him. He can't get a shot away uh, on a, on a decent scoring chance with, with, you know, less than two minutes to go in the game. Um, As an official, I don't think that's a terrible call. I think, I think if it's a center ice where a guy gets stick on the arms against the boards and a play that is not a scoring chance at all. I think that's, if you call that, that's, that's kind of weak maybe. Uh, but I think if it's a scoring chance and Steen took it away from him, I think I think that's a call that, while it doesn't have to be made, I have I have I have no problem with it. It's a penalty. I, I have no problem with it. So, and your take is, well, uh, first of all, let me just add that, and again, this is probably just being nitpicky, and and I'll admit that, um, uh, within a minute before that, Oscar Sunquist was tripped pretty blatantly. And that was not called. And again, it wasn't a scoring chance. I get that. Late in the game, referees don't want to make that call. But when you see something like that, and then 
45 seconds later, you see the Blues getting a penalty. It's that better it. have been pretty fucking blatant, you know? Um, I get and it. So, and, and, and so, but, but, but to add to that, again, if this is first period, second period, even early third period, um, and you've let that kind of thing go all game, and you make the call then, okay, I'm fine with that. But when it's a 1-1 game, close game, um, and, you know, both teams are playing hard, and it, again, it's, yes, it's a playoff game. It's not fully a playoff game, but it's a playoff game. Um, I see that, and I say that kind of play happens throughout the game at least three or four times. And that has not been called. That has not been the standard all night. And and I know you'll disagree that it wasn't that blatant in other plays, but I feel like it was. I feel like that's a play late in a game when you don't you either you either have let that call go or you make that call every time throughout the game. And I feel like throughout the game, that call was not made. And because it was so late in the game, that's a standard they should have held throughout the entire game. And they didn't do it. And so to make that call that late, that is where I have that problem. Like, okay, that kind of play happened probably in the first period. You didn't make a penalty call there. But your case is that it was a scoring chance that's, that, that led to that. That's my that's that's ninety percent of it for me. I think I think that call should be made anytime. It it negates I the scoring agree. chance. It, it, it negates I agree. the scoring chance. Be, and, and now first period, second period, ten seconds to go in a tie game and overtime, whatever. Uh, I think that call should be made uh, if it negates the scoring chance. Now I agree with you situationally. Um, late in the late in the third period in a close game. Uh, tight game, uh, not calling that at center ice when it it's it, it's all on the boards. I I I I I can see them letting that go because it doesn't affect a scoring chance. I think any any penalty, any blatant penalty, and that's the thing with me. It's I've always said, man, if you're going to call a penalty in a tight game, a playoff game, late in in regulation or or an overtime, it's it's almost got to negate a scoring chance. That that's 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 situationally. But, but the way that I look me. at it is that doesn't that doesn't matter to me. If it's a penalty, it's a penalty. See, that, it doesn't but, matter where it's at on the ice. Yeah, but if you that that, that okay, uh, and I understand. But if you're going to have that mentality, you're going to have 35 penalties a game. If you're going to call every single thing you see. Okay, so and, then and, either you know, penalty or it's not. You well, I know, but but. Uh, hockey is a sport where I mean you you've been you've played it your whole life. I you know that penalties happen all the time, and uh, missed calls happen all the time, or they let stuff mm-hmm. go all the time. Uh, it's based on situations. It's based on most of the time. It's based. I mean, you can't tell me there aren't makeup calls. Uh, you can't. I mean, and this goes back to official. Oh, any ref would tell you there's not. Yeah, Carrie Fraser came on and said there was. Ne- he has never made a make- makeup call in his life. I say you're a fucking Bullshit. liar. You're a liar. <laughs> Um, because that happens. Um, but, uh, but no, I, and, and they, I mean, cross-checking, they let, I mean, the, the, the play where, um, 
Uh, Muzzin was hurt. That was a cross check from behind. There's no call. I mean, technically, it's a cross check. But that kind of cross checking happens all the time. Not called. Um, A guy has to go down or go into the boards or uh, negate a scoring chance or whatever. Or, you know, that's, that's, that's one of the, one of the things that, that uh, pops up that, that will make a penalty always callable is that if it negates the scoring chance, I can't, I have a really hard time arguing against a penalty being called if it took away a good scoring chance from a team. And I don't care what time of the game it is. I just, I just don't think it was as egregious as you're making it out to be. I think had he have, if whatever the player was, I wish I could remember who it was. Had he had repositioned his body a little bit, he would have still gotten a shot off. I just don't think it was as egregious as the referee made it out to be by making that call that late in the game. But I mean, either he negated a scoring chance or he didn't. You you and I are going to disagree on this forever. Let's go to the uh, arbiter here, Bill Day. <laughs> what do you say? Um, so you know, I, I think you know the context of it. It's it's a round robin game. It's not one of the playing games. Um, you know, so the the rules are you know uh, regular uh, NHL overtime rules. Um, you're you're gonna. <clears throat> I would think that they would err on the side of caution and not make the call and let it get decided in three on three or a shootout. Um, the, I think the, the probably what tips it to being a penalty is, you know, in, I think Kurt was getting at this uh, forward defending forward uh, with a scoring chance. Um, and, you know, stick gets up a little bit. Um, I, I think that's probably why the call was made, but I, I, I also agree with Jeff that, you know, the, uh, the missed, uh, tripping penalty on, uh, on Sonny, uh, I was irate about that and to see yeah. it, you know, 50 seconds later, you know, uh, the, the arm come go out like this and, you know, it, it pissed me off. Um, but at, at the end of the day, and that's, and that's um, a, and that's a separate issue. I mean, honestly, I right. mean, I, I, I feel the same it way. Is. If, if, if a call is missed, Oh, you see all the time, a call is missed. And 30 seconds later, a call goes against you. You're like, what the hell? Right. That's not fair. Um, but I mean, that's, and to me, that's a missed call that they just didn't see it. If, if they're going to, they're not going to purposely not call that. And then, and they didn't see it the way it went down. I, and that that's a different argument, I think, is that there's just a bad a bad official that missed a, a, a bad call, bad non-call. Um, and and the, you know what? I'll add. I'll add that um, I we sing uh, Fox Sportsman West praises praises uh, all the time, which they deserve. Uh, the way they cover the games are great, but I will say I did have an issue with them not showing replays of the penalty on steam. They, yeah, did, they didn't. Right? Am I right on that? They no, they didn't show, show it. one replay. I had to, I had to go back to when I, when I, when I slowed it down and I, I had to actually um, go back to the live feed, the live replay and, and then slow-mo it on my TV while I recorded on my phone <laughs> to show you yeah. slow-mo. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, you shouldn't have to do that. I know in, in today's age, Every penalty, it's to me, I want to see every penalty call on a replay like a goal, like a save, like it sure. should be included in that. Sure. So 
And maybe it was right. different on NBC. I don't know because we we didn't get the feed here in St. Louis. But um, yeah, well, they they need to well, show that kind of stuff. But isn't isn't it that you're getting the same feed, just the different voices talking over it? Because they don't have multiple broadcast crews, right? Like, they're not even in, right. They're not the even local, The local people are here, so you know it, it's probably the the same. You know the same feed. Um, it's true. Just, you know, so, so it's probably I guess it would be NBC that has the hierarchy on that. So yes, let's blame or NBC. Or yeah, it, could be Sportsnet um, too. That's a good point. Yeah, um, who was it? Somebody, somebody tonight tweeted that uh, the Dallas um, and Colorado game somehow the national broadcast was uh, using the altitude broadcasters out of Colorado. That seems bizarre. Hmm. <laughs> I didn't catch that. I didn't think there were any local broadcasters there. Well, anyway, so. So the way I see is Bill says that I was right and you're wrong. Mm, I didn't see that way at all. <laughs> um, I, I it's fine. I don't care. I know I'm right, so we can move on. No, we uh, actually he <laughs> sided with both of us. It um, was both of us. It's he so, saw both sides. Uh, Keith Price in the YouTube chat uh, says, uh, uh, "This is my brother, and so my niece uh, Mattia uh, wants to know." Who Carrie Frazier is? Because I mentioned Carrie Frazier, uh, former uh, uh, that NHL. That was the chick on. That was the chick on Felicity, right? No, he, no, it was the guy who had a TV hey, show Carrie in Russell. Seattle. Carrie Russell, thank you, Bill, for knowing who that was. <laughs> former former NHL official Carrie Frazier, who was known for his hair. Um, yeah. So was, was Carrie Russell on Felicity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, she's on The Americans, too, which is a much better show. Yeah, she was dope. I've never seen it. Oh, my God, it's fantastic. Oh, if, it is It is some of the best TV I've ever watched. Really? Top, top, top three shows for me, and by far, bar none, the best season series finale ever for me. Wow. Yep. Well, you, yeah, you say that, and disappoint. for some reason... For some reason, I trust your guys' judgment on most things, so I might have to actually watch that. I mean, it it takes place in uh, 80s Cold War era, Reagan presidential era. And uh, lots and, of hockey references and even yes. a couple St. Louis Blues references. Lots of hockey references because it's, it's, nice. it's Russia and U.S. and uh, and hockey is on TV often. And, um, uh, yeah, Russian spies yeah. in the U.S. undercover. Yep. Yeah, one of the one of the spies was a former uh, Russian hockey player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that true. Season four. Yep. Yeah, it's a good show. It's it's really good. I mean, start to finish too. It's so good. Well, I'll add if we're talking about TV shows real quick, if anybody has seen the second season of Umbrella Academy, I've heard very good, good on Netflix. I've heard good things. Very about good. It's real. It's yeah. a really good show. I really enjoy. It. It's not it was, just for people who enjoy superheroes. Here, you see, yeah. you see the uh, the 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 trailers, and people probably think, "Oh, it's a superhero show." Yeah, I mean, it is, but it's not your typical, you know, Batman Spider Man show. It's it's just a good show to just relax, sit and watch. Speaking of Batman Spider Man, you should look up Batman Spider Man. <laughs> Batman, Spider Man. Okay, it's, I'm not going to talk about it. Just look it up. Uh, okay, I will. So, so classic YouTube, classic YouTube, <laughs> old school YouTube. Yeah, uh, a little bit. 
um, by 10 years ago. Habit the pumpkin. <laughs> but, so anyway, after this penalty is called, uh, rightful penalty or not, um, Colorado goes in the power play. <laughs> they had intense pressure for the entire That was Minnesota some team. of the hardest pressure I've seen a team face. The, the Blues never cleared the zone. And this this right here, and I brought this up on on, on Twitter, and uh, a few people responded to it, but this didn't get near enough attention in my mind. Um, the the Blues should have easily cleared this puck, and, and the, the the goal should never happen. Um, I'm not sure how much time was left, but O'Reilly had the puck behind the red line on his forehand, nobody pressuring him immediately, and he didn't get it out. I mean, there's, there's, he gets it out. I think there was about 30 seconds to go, something like that. If he gets it out, that's that goal doesn't happen, at least the way it happened. So he, 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 I don't know if he panicked or rushed it. He turns, slap shot, fires, kept into the blue line, and they scored. I don't know what, about 25 seconds later, whatever it was. So uh, that, that didn't, that was 24.9. That was not. Uh, a good play by Riley, and I think no one, no one talked about it on the on the on air. No one talked about it online or articles. I'm like, he didn't. I mean, he had it on his. his, his, his it's a it's an easy play to make. Um. So with about a second to go, uh, Landeskog hit the glove side high post uh, as Bennington slid across. Rebound drops right in front, right in the paint. And Kadri slams home the rebound into an open net with no time showing on the clock. Replay showed the puck possibly across the line with 0.1 still on the clock. The puck had a blur on it. On the This is so close. The puck had a blur on it on the freeze frame, and part of the blur appeared to still be touching the goal line. He advanced forward one frame. It shows the puck across the line, but then there's zero on the clock in that frame. But the initial rule that they then they said that they they saw conclusively that it was across the line with point one still on the clock, um, but we were never shown that view or that still. Um, if they were talking about a different replay, now I'm not sure how the physics or the science behind uh, 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 video replay goes. Um, what does the blur mean? Where 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 is the puck when it's blurred? Because it's like the puck is like twice its size, right? When it's blurred, so where is it? I assume it's. I'm. Just, I assume it's at the leading point of where it's at, and the trail exactly. Is like a, and 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 let me ask, um, what what is your guys' opinion? Was that a goal? I th- I think it was a goal. I just don't think it was conclusive on video. Yeah, I I think that they uh, the the ref on the ice was you know was making the the case that you know the call on the ice was a goal. They couldn't overturn it. Right. Okay. Well, I, that, I, I, that, that's my exact thought, Bill. Exactly that is that they the, said you you watch the referee and he signals goal like right away. He signaled goal, and so it was. It would have taken a lot of evidence for them to overturn they that. They spent over five minutes looking at it. I'm not going to bitch in this case about them. No, I agree. Not giving it every opportunity. They gave it every opportunity. And what they wound up with was that still with the blur. And I think you're right. You go with the leading edge. You're the puck. The blur is not going to be, you know, like. Right. I know. I know. I know. I know. But technically, 
I mean, if but technically we wanted the blues not to lose that way. So. I know. Well, yeah, 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 I get it. I get it. I get it. And, and I'm and maybe I'm searching for, for reasons how the blues shouldn't have lost that way. I miss what it is. But, uh, and like I said, I think uh, the puck was not in. a penalty. That's the way I see it. Well, <laughs> it, or, or Riley should have cleared the puck out of the zone. That was That's the true. That is and, very true. Lack of execution. Um, you just cost him awesome. the selkie. You, you, you <laughs> all that attention to it, uh, you just cost him the selkie. Because yeah, we know that the uh, the NHL, all the NHL writers, was listen and watch this show. I almost want. I, I want to. <laughs> I wish I had pulled it up beforehand because I, I read. The, I saw the tweet from the NHL or from somebody quoting the NHL saying that it was. They they had video of the puck conclusively across the line, and I was wondering if they were talking about the video we all saw, where it was blurred, or if they had a different video, a higher res video that showed it unblurred and across the line, because we never saw that. Nobody has. And one of you said, I don't remember which one it was. I don't want to say Bill um, said that. Basically, the the front edge of the puck is not going to be blurred. <laughs> I know, if, I know, I know. Yeah, it's it's not going to be blurred if it hasn't reached that point yet. So the fact that it was blurred that much and it was basically a long streak of the puck, that tells me it it had reached the end of the or that point of the net by the time uh, the clock had reached zero. I understand. But so I didn't have a problem with it. I had no problem with the call. It no, sounds like I, you guys didn't either. I, yeah, no, I, like I said, I, th- I thought it was in. I just I just have issues with what the NHL said about it being yeah, I agree. conclusive. But you know what I mean? It's, when, I just, when do we ever agree with what the NHL says? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, it just, show me, I don't know, show me a, a, vid- a, a still with the entire puck across the line, and I'm fine with it. I just didn't, yeah. I just didn't, I just, I wanted to see that. And I understand that it was, I mean, you can say the same thing about a puck being in a goalie's glove and the windmill glove saved, it goes in and comes right. back out, but you don't see it, but it's in his glove. You've seen many a goal not count because of that, because they couldn't see the puck actually across the line, even though you knew it was in the webbing and the webbing was across the line, but you couldn't see the puck itself. So that's mm. Consistency. It's a big turning who, point here in the uh, Edmonton. Chicago yeah, who is this that just got hurt? Who is that? Tyler Ennis. Oh, shit. Trade deadline pickup who gelled well. And he, I think he puts himself in a terrible position. Oh, yeah, he, he did. Goes, yeah, he can't put any weight on the uh, the right leg. That's, that's not a penalty for me. He put himself no. in that position, turned into the boards, and uh, Doc was waiting for him. So, yep, I agree. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm looking at it now because my feet. Oh huge, man, that's that that reminded me of what was the was it the Barbashev or the Sunquist suspension from last playoff? Uh, where whoever I think it was Grizzlick put himself in a yeah, terrible no. position. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. what do you expect when you put yourself in a position like that? Um, so takeaways from this game. Um, besides the fact that Benton was on fire, um, can, can I, can I just say a positive here, um, for, for blues fans who might be a little concerned about this, um, 
I think the Eastern Conference uh, that I've seen has taken a much different stance on this round robin than we've seen from the West. Uh, Yaroslav Halak played Boston's first game in the round robin. Uh, Steven Stamkos, they said it was a lower body, lower body injury, but he didn't play in the first game of the round robin. Um, I feel like the East is looking at this like basically exhibition and, and, and I know that, you know, well, they're not, they're not elimination games. So, and it's they're not, not, you know, I saw that I, I get that aspect of it. Yeah. And I feel like a big part of it is, you know, if you're going to be the best, you're going to have to go through the best. It doesn't matter, you know, who you play in the first round, you know, where you're seated, especially in a tournament like this, where it's all at one building. Um, I, I'm not that concerned by this loss. I mean, I'll admit, I told my wife, my wife was laughing at me because after that goal went in, I was pissed. I was yelling. I was, you know, F this, F that. I was so mad, but it was just because, you know, in the way that they lost, it was so heartbreaking. But after like an hour, hour and a half, I was just like, you know what? It's a freaking round robin game. Shit happens. As long as they get at least one or two wins here, I'm not concerned about the way they lost. Yeah, it would have been nice to get that point. But, you know, Halak wasn't playing for Boston. Stamkos didn't play for Tampa in their first games. They're approaching this like, yeah, get well, these games in. Let's get some points if we can. But if not, it's not the end of the world. I um, I understand that, and I get it. Um, but to me, I don't know. I I, I I there's a couple a couple of ways to look at this. I want to. I first off, I want the team. I want the Blues specifically to get as much work in as possible before the round of 16 starts. Um, that means playing everybody, um, playing everybody, all the people that are going to be playing in the round of 16, play them. Um, and that was part of my logic behind wanting Bennington to play all three games um, to get some work in, even though he looks like he's ready to go. Get some work in because you want all of your rust gone by the round of 16. Um, and... Two, you want every edge, I think, to in, as far as the seeds go. So if you can if you can get that number one seed, that's just that that much more of an edge. Uh, the, the tiny little sliver of an edge, maybe, like that that one last change in a game that you get because you have home ice might make the difference. In you winning a series sometimes they're so close it comes down to something nonsensical like like a like a last change. Uh, at a certain point in a, in a, in a game seven. Um, so I, I, th- I think just that's why I would approach this if I were the blues um, to try and win every game, like it's a playoff game to get the work in to, to knock all the rust off and to do what you can to get the number one seed or as high a seed as you can uh, just to get any edge you can in, in a, in a series that could be extremely close. I agree. I mean, I agree. I yeah. I want to see the same thing. I'm just saying that I don't think every, I don't think the NHL teams are having the same thoughts we are. You know, I I I, I get it. I, I do. Realistic. I get it. I don't think it is. Every every team is going to have their own approach to it for based based on what they think is best for their team, and that's fine. I just 
um, based on the way the, the Blues looked against Chicago, <laughs> I'm like, they need to yeah. play. They need to play some games right. and get this right. out of their and system. I think that's exactly what what is driving a lot of us to say, you know, God, the Blues, the Blues got to show us something, you know, because at this point, you know, they've they've lost two games in regulation. Um, they looked a hell of a lot better in, in the Colorado game. Um, but you know, I, I, I do think that the seeding coming out of this, uh, just trying to think of, you know, who we would match up against, you know, Edmonton, you know, say, say the blues go Owen four in round robin play or Owen three, whatever it is in round robin play and take the, the four seed. Uh, but Edmonton gets by Chicago. I don't think the Blues have a problem walking right through uh, Edmonton, even though Connor McDavid just scored. But yeah, I was going to say, drop, so. you, as you say that, Connor McDavid puts the puck in the net on my feed. Yeah, but I still, <laughs> I, I don't think the Oilers could run and gun against the Blues enough to beat us. I don't think so, so either. Agree. I agree. We, we we go up against them. You know, we go up against – I mean, Phoenix looks a little bit dangerous, um, but I think in a seven-game series, you wear them down. Um, I'm not concerned about anybody in the bottom four, to be honest. I, I, they, don't, they don't scare me. Um, but like I said, I just – I mean – It's – yeah, it's, it's when you get to the, you know – I think the problem comes in if during the, uh, the the round robin you just get in, you get that losing mentality going, right? You know, shit, we're zero and four, and you come out and you press too hard and Three. take dumb penalties, lose the first two games, and then suddenly, shit, you're about to be eliminated. In, you know, in the first round of the actual playoffs, you know that that. I think that's that's more of the danger. Um, you know, we'll see what it's like. You know, tomorrow night, what five thirty? That's a big game. I, I, not not in the sense the Blues have to win it. I mean, like you said, um, and I'm not I'm not going to be upset if the Blues don't finish with the first or second seed or whatever. I I just I think my main. I was talking with actually Lance and we had a discussion uh, yesterday from the Drop Podcast. Lance from the Drop. Lance podcast. from the Drop Podcast, friend of the show, Lance. But, uh, yeah, about how, um, yeah, the, as long as the Blues are hitting on all cylinders when the round of 16 starts, that's the main thing, obviously. Um, if, if you're going to lose in these, in these, in these round-robin games, um, at least do it while you're improving. And, if they can, and they did. They improved greatly from the exhibition game to the, to, through the first game. And now if they can improve in the second game greatly um, – and if they still happen to lose it, I'll be like, that's, I'm not entirely upset. You can take something away from it because like you said, it's not an elimination game. It's, it's round Robin. Um, I'm fine. I'm, I, I would not be angry about that. I'm disappointed, but I would say, Oh, you know what? We're getting better. So that's, that's fine. Uh, we're by the time round of 16 starts, we should be good to go as far as fully hitting on all cylinders, hopefully. Well, and, and the way that I look at home ice for when the playoffs actually start is the Blues were the worst home team in NHL history to win the Stanley Cup at home. They were terrible at home during last year's playoffs. You almost have to and, wonder. 
you almost have to wonder that if 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 that because there's people players always talk about having uh, have an issue playing at home. Their pressure playing in front of the home fans and stuff. There's not that pressure. With, you know, playing in front of an empty stadium, the same stadium, empty stadium every time. Your 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 advantages are last line change, and that's about it. Yeah, right. So you yeah, wonder the, if the face you wonder if, rule. Yeah, yeah. So I I mean, you wonder if it'll be different because we've seen in the past that. Many times, it's not just the Blues. Other teams have been 500 or so in the playoffs, or overall teams are just barely over 500 at home. It's not much of an advantage at all to play at home in the playoffs. So, uh, the Abs won today, whooped Dallas. So um, that means the we talked about this. The Knights have to beat Colorado and the blues have to win their final two to finish as a number one seed. Um, if they don't, then the blues are looking at something else. So Colorado's look damn good. We talked about that. So, um, um, we just talked about them placing importance on the seeds. Uh, so we can skip past that. Um, current status of the playoffs and round Robin play. Um, what's the score in this game? Two, two, one, right? Three, three, two, two. three to two Edmonton Edmonton. At the end of the second. Okay. So the Oilers are, they have their hands full with the Hawks. <laughs> yeah, they do. So uh, Pittsburgh and Montreal, uh, Montreal won tonight, so they're up two to one. That's crazy. Awesome. Love it. Go Habs. <laughs> Arizona leads Nashville two to one in the series. Carolina knocked off the Rangers three nothing. Uh, Vancouver, Minnesota tied at one. They play tomorrow. And the Islanders in Florida. Islanders lead two to one, and the Panthers uh, stave off elimination. Uh, Calgary and Winnipeg, Calgary's up two to one, and they play game four tomorrow. Uh, that should be a hoot. Uh, Toronto and uh, the Blue Jackets tied at one, and they play tomorrow as well. So that's one hell of an interesting series. Yeah, yeah. Can you have a, You know, I I saw somebody tweet the other day. The hub cities, Edmonton and Toronto. What if they're knocked out in the qualifiers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah there goes that home ice advantage theory that oh maybe yeah, some of those teams right. will have uh, like playing in their own own arenas um i didn't buy that for a second uh, no i didn't either some people were suggesting that uh yeah i know the home team playing on their home rink you know it's gotta be an advantage right i'm like no <laughs> i don't think so not much yeah. if anything i would say no yeah, I mean, they they can read they can maybe can read read the boards better, like know how the puck's gonna bounce off the boards, but that's about it. There's nothing else outside of that. Uh, but yeah, Toronto and Columbus, that's that's serious to watch for anybody who's maybe not paying attention um, to the uh, the Eastern Conference playoffs. Watch this one tomorrow. This is uh, this one's getting interesting because again, if Columbus can knock off Toronto. Remember, remember the the issue was Mike Babcock, right? Well, he's gone. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, it's it's interesting to see what could happen here. Um, uh, uh, tomorrow, um, August sixth versus Vegas. That's our next game. So five thirty start, St. Louis time. Let, let let's win this one and make it interesting. Uh, let's let's uh, see if Vegas can beat Colorado, and then it'll come down to our final game. To me, Vegas is still just such a, a wild card, you know, just their, their defense, like, you know, 
Nate Schmidt, um, is it is it Shea Theodore? Uh, just they yeah. they have they have some some surprisingly mobile and um, offensively contributing defensemen um, on top of a very potent uh, offensive you know threat to begin with. So it, it's it's hard it, it, it's hard to to really you know for me to to handicap what what the game's going to be like you know if, if the blues if the blues play like you know of course they play like they did against chicago it, it's not going to be a pretty game but if they play like they did against colorado maybe get one or two more bounces uh you know earlier in the game i think they've got a good shot and one thing that i'm going to add here uh elliot friedman oh my god he looks fantastic Keep up Happy that year. look, Elliot. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. he looks so freaking good. Yes, he's he's Rasputin, man. That is beautiful. Rasputin. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Austin says, I uh, meant to say this earlier, but uh, Shea Weber has the best beard right now. Uh, I think Elliot Friedman might be giving him a run for his money. Yeah, of of the players, yeah, with no uh, no Thornton um, this year, yeah, Weber's got a got a really uh, a good soggy bottom going, uh, but yeah, overall soggy it, bottom hands down, hands That's down, beautiful, Elliot Friedman, hell yeah, always have to look uh, in at- a uh, uh, oh brother where art thou uh, reference when I can. Our uh, our friend Adam Gold in the Facebook chat says, uh, streaming from All-American, home of Pat Maroon, <laughs> which is very true. Yeah, the cup was there. You t- t- the cup Adam, uh, Adam, you're literally about eight minutes from my house right now. So, you know, can you feel my presence? <laughs> is that a nasty innuendo? Euphemism? It could be. <laughs> Whatever you want to take it as, that's fine. Just, just the tip with Jeff Ponder. Yep. How's that feel? <laughs> How's that feel? <laughs> Try that one on for size. <laughs> There's uh, a lot of jokes there. Um, all right. So the uh, our upset picks. Uh, I uh, I said uh, I would I picked Chicago, and uh, Bill said Arizona. I, did you say Arizona too, Jeff? Um, I think I said Nashville, actually. You said, uh... My upsets were more in the East. I had Well, Nashville wouldn't be an upset, though. Arizona would be the upset. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's a good point. I I had Florida, and I actually had the Rangers, which I was clearly wrong about. All right. (laughs) So, uh, there's there's a couple of picks still, uh, still alive here, so... And, uh, actually, Arizona's looking pretty good. Yeah, they look great. They, Clayton Keller is on another level right now. So keep that up, Clayton. We'd love to see a uh, St. Louis boy continue that on. Until you face the Blues. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Then you can just shut up. <laughs> shut the front door. <laughs> uh, I guess that'll do it for this show, guys. Unless you got anything else. We good? Have you guys heard anything about game time for Sunday? They still haven't decided that at all right like there's no word at all right i mean yeah. tonight's 
tomorrow night's game time was TBD until this morning. So uh, I think come Saturday, we'll have a better idea. Yeah. I was going to say, because I'm actually out of town this weekend. I'm uh, leaving Friday afternoon. I'll be back till Sunday around 1. So I'm hoping that's not the 11 o'clock game. So we'll see. Is it? It is 5.30 tomorrow, right? The game? Yeah, it's 5.30. That's what I thought. Okay. Uh, so- before we close up shop here, Kurt, I do want to give a little self-promotion to letsgoblues.com slash shop. Uh, for anybody watching the YouTube show, one of the great designs that Mr. Kurt Price has come up with, I'm wearing the shirt right now. I'm going to stand up and show you. Oh, wait. Over there here. Go. There, there go. we go. One, one is-, is not enough. One is not enough. Yeah, it's a, it's a good shirt. That's well done. That is makes well you, done. It makes Very you well good. done. Makes you look good. You know, I feel like my uh, sexy factor has gone up about 27 points. That shirt is your tuxedo. I'll take it. You... I'm going to wear that to my next wedding. <laughs> well, you say you wear it to make yourself look good. Oh, that too. Of course. <laughs> All right. That'll wrap it up. Oh, let's go booze.com slash shop. Yes. Check it out. Multiple shorts that are available. Um, for your wearing pleasure. I just made that up. That will wrap up episode 77 of season eight of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook chats during the live show. We hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. For Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go blues. (laughs) Go Habs go. Let's go blues and let's see some anarchy here, NHL. Wear a mask. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. (laughs) St. Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.